I've got Rogaine on my headphones. Mm, three more octaves. I've got Rogaine no, on... No, you went up. I've got... No, down. Oh, you want me to go down more? Yeah. I've got... <laughs> I've got Rogaine on my headphones. Like the same octave as uh, Sweet Chariot. Right, is Swing that... Sweet but everyone sings that at a different octave. Swing low. Yeah, but okay, well, nobody's ever... Not everyone's swinging that low. Some people swing a little higher. Some people swing lower than you just Well, sang. it is like a bluesy song, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a... Um... Working in the field song. Oh, what's that called? Some sort... Oh, there's a name for it. Fun fact about Swing Low, Sweet Chariot. Sweet Chariot. Um... My sisters were in choir mm -hmm. with this psycho man, which my coworker Natasha says all choir instructors are psycho in their own ways, um, which I think is probably true. But he was awful. A work song? No, there's something else for it. I don't know. There's, there's also like the, Google uh, suggest a field hauler. Uh, maybe that. Anyway, they were in choir with this teacher. They were with a psycho guy. He was like really aggressive and awful to the kids. And <laughs> there was a concert and he chose Swing Low, Sweet Chariot or whatever the actual name is called. He chose that as one of the songs they sang. And he didn't think they were doing a good enough job mm -hmm. in the actual concert with like parents and whatever. Well, she's like what? 14. 12. High school. So they didn't he didn't think that the the choir was taking it serious enough and wasn't doing it well enough. So he threw his conducting baton thing on the ground, stormed off the stage, and they just kept singing it and singing it and singing it. And you were like, Okay, well when does Swing Low Sweet Chariot end? It was rough. A Negro spiritual. That's it. Sorry. That's it. That's like the um wade in the water. And that's like the um follow the drinking gourd. What? Follow the drinking gourd? You don't know that song? No. Do we just sing a lot of these songs up up here up north in New York state that you just didn't sing like 15 miles on the Erie Canal? I don't need to know about Erie Canal because I'm already. I came from an area that already had. It's your water state's access. history, so. I already had water access. It's your state's history, so. New York City didn't need a canal. It's your state's history, mm. so. New York City didn't need a canal. You don't think you want any part of any of upstate New York? Go home. Okay. Bye. Alex, give the big news because everyone knows I'm more fun and all the bad news comes from you. It's not bad news. It's just news. Um, we talked about it for a little bit. A couple of days. Mm -hmm. We're breaking up with the band. Me and Francis are <laughs> splitting up. I'm taking half the cat. <laughs> oh, God. Callisto. No, that's not it. Um, we are just going to take a... Sabbatical. Yeah, an undetermined amount of time. In a, a month. A, a month at most. Or so. We're just, we're in the middle of like looking for a new apartment and a bunch of other stuff going on. So in order to not sacrifice quality, we are, we're just going to take like a month. Plus we've gone 25 weeks without a, a break and that's a long time. And also we want to sit down as a business and kind of have a meeting of where we want to go and where get what, some things in place like a website and all that yeah and what we're doing well now goals etc we want to take this time to create a lot of good content and kind of develop a path and come back With in that. october at the latest like stronger than ever and I think it's a benefit. It'll be good for our minds 
and it'll be good for the show. That being said, we're not giving up our patron page. So that'll keep going on. We'll still have episodes coming out. Um, Bi-weekly. Yeah, just this main podcast will just take like a... A hiatus. Yeah. Which is good. You can expect great things from Sad Tales when we come back. Please don't leave us in the interim. It would really break my heart. There's only so much heartbreak a girl can have. Also, I've had black coffee at like 8 at night, so I'm a little hyperactive. Just so you know. Also, if there's a weird break in somewhere in the middle of this, that's our food being delivered. Yeah, we ordered food because we're lazy. And that is a thing. Great. So that being said, please... Please. Enjoy episode 26 as no, we continue. No, I was going to say, please tell me a story. But also en- enjoy episode 26. But please tell me a story. Michigan. You lived there. Bay City. I don't know where that is. Probably in the mitten part. Well, the whole thing is a mitten. You mean that like between well, the, the thumb and the f- index finger? Well, the UP isn't a mitten. Well, the whole thing is a mitten, isn't it? Is there a little bloop? Yeah, the UP. Is there a little like... Mitten poop. There's the mitten, and then there's like um, like how Canada expands into nothingness at the top of Canada. Sounds like a mitten poop problem. Yeah, I'm gonna also say Bay City somewhere between the thumb and the index finger. Isn't that like what they call the bougie part of California, Bay Area? SF. Hey Natasha, you're from the Bay Area. Everyone in the Bay Area wears Canada goose, allegedly. Yeah, what she told me. Oh, did you? Were you there? Yeah. Oh, anyway, awkward. Continue, Michigan. Uh, Michigan in the nineteen twenty-five. The mitten poops. Poop September seventeenth. Sorry. Wait. I don't remember. Nineteen twenty-five. September seventeenth, nineteen twenty-five. Yeah, I don't remember what the Michigan what Michigan's thing is. The mitten state. I don't think that's it. I'm pretty sure it's it, but anyway. Um, born as an only child to the um, his parents, John Frederick List and Alma Maria Barbara Florence List. John Emil List. Wait. Like I said, was an only child. John space Emil. E-M-I-L. Space List. List. Okay. You said like, you just like. Hmm. I listed a bunch of words. List. <laughs> his dad was John Frederick List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amelia. Alma. Maria. Barbara. Florence. Those are siblings. No, that's her mom's name. His mom's name. Oh my gosh. Okay. But his name is? John Emil. Emil. Let's just call him John. Mm -hmm. Is his dad named John? Yes. But he's not a junior. Okay. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny List. Um, His parents were incredibly strict and overprotective uh, German immigrants. And I guess that's a... 1925. It's a tough time to be German. Yeah, the first war descended. Mm. Second war is about to start. And America America already hates immigrants. He grew up in a very religious household as his parents were very devout Lutherans. John attended Sunday school, um, pun intended, religiously. I couldn't find really anything about his like high school age there was like he was he went to sunday school and then he, he grew up yep he joined the army during world war ii and throughout his service he or through his service he was able to get a rotc scholarship to get his bachelor's in business administration and a master's in accounting wow he also served in korea at some point i didn't see any years associated with that Some sometime pe- during the korean war yeah um, but between those two tours, World War II and Korea, he earned slash received a Bronze Star, which you get for heroic achievement or some form of heroism in battle. It's also like the fourth highest award given Golf to, claps a, to, him. to a soldier. After getting out, um, I guess from Korea, was that, yeah, Korea's after World War II. After getting out of Korea, he meets his future wife, Helen, at some point. Like there's not a lot of young John history and the two married john sounds like a rapper's name 
Young John, not like Little John. Well, but I mean, a derivative of Little John. Some, no, but there's some like young, like Young Jeezy. Young Thug is that one? Young Thug. John, is it J O N or J O H N? H. Hmm. Little John is with it, out in H. I think. Okay. Okay. So they, the John and Helen get married in 1951, and in 1955 they have their first child, Patricia. In 1956... Oh, he's, yeah. 30. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1956, Helen gives birth to John Jr. And in 1958, their last son was born, and his name was Frederick. At this time, the family was living in or around Rochester. Wait, we're in... Wait, is there another Rochester in Michigan? No, Rochester, New York. Okay, they it's moved not, to New York. Yeah, at some point. Okay, okay, okay. Rochester. Yeah, it's there's like I said, there's not a lot of a whole lot of background on Roger young that. life. Um, and at this point in his life, he's a father of three and married. Wait, I thought he only had two kids. Patricia Frederick and John. Oh, John Jr. Sorry. Frederick. Okay, continue. He's looking kind of like like uh, Claire Bennett's father from Heroes. You know, like that's uh, what he looks like, or is he got, acting like that? He's yeah, he's got that like kind of like squarish face and oh, the horn horn glasses. He doesn't and, have facial hair though. No, yeah. You made it like a facial hair gesture, and, and I was like, like, "Are you thinking square. of Breaking Bad?" Okay. Wow, you just threw it back to heroes. Heroes. Save the cheerleader. Save the world, and then it kind of it kind of went downhill after like stop season two. Zachary Quinto has got beautiful eyes. Yeah, and how about his character, his acting in as Siler? Zachary Quinto has beautiful eyes. That's all you can say about heroes. Um, <laughs> so in order to pay for his family's existence, basically, <laughs> John is working as an accountant, and as best as I could tell, Helen was a stay-at-home mother, as I couldn't find an occupation listed for her anywhere. Um, at this point, the family decides they want to move, and in 1966, they move into an 18-room mansion. Wait, they go from having like no jobs to an eighteen home. Well, he got a, he got a degree in business administration and a master's in accounting. So? Um, this mansion apparently had a forty thousand dollar mortgage, which roughly now is like three hundred and twenty thousand for eighteen home rooms. Yeah, eighteen bedrooms. Or 18 rooms. 18 room mansion. This is a closet. This is a closet. Is this it, is a closet. Is it a closet or room? This is a walk-in pantry. I don't know. A mud room. This is a mud room. This is a mud room. Another mud room. Um, regard- you muddy? We got problems. Yeah. I My grandparents used to have a place them. that had a mud room. Well, mud rooms are common, but maybe not 18 of them. Um... Also, I said you got mud rooms, we got problems. I meant you got mud rooms, we can fix it. Or like, anyway, continue. I don't know where we're going. This house they purchased purchased was in Westfield, New Jersey, uh, which is described as a wealthy bedroom town favored by Wall Street commuters. Mm-hmm. And of course, the family of five was never really going to use all 18 rooms. There's only so much mud. So John's mother, Alma, moves in as well. At this time, he has a vice presidency job at the First National Bank of New Jersey. Pretty up there. I love when banks are like, I'm the first or the third or whatever. I don't get yeah, it. You don't want to like, just call it like National Bank of New Jersey. Don't call it. Why is it the National Bank of a state? That doesn't make sense. We're the State Bank of New Jersey, not the National Bank sound, of New Jersey. That doesn't sound as good. But anyway i digress um then john took a pay bump when he took a job with the american photographic corporation i don't know what that ended up turning into because i can't find any record of it online it's a shell i thought i thought maybe it'd be like this is what kodak turned into or something i don't maybe it's a shell um and he got a one hundred eighty thousand dollar salary yeah it's a shell company they're money laundering hold on one minute that could be the food and we're back. Hi, welcome to the uh, Interrupted by Delivery Service podcast. 
we were just interrupted by a Chinese food delivery service. Next week will be non-existent Vietnamese. Hashtag break for our brains. Continue. Um, in Westfield, New Jersey, the List family, especially John, were like pillars in the community. He was known as a good, God-fearing, red-blooded American. Um, who also taught Sunday school, you know, hearkening back to his fear of God, non-existent childhood history and fear of God. However, he was quite socially inept. Um, he was described as cold and aloof with a few close friends. And this led to problems with his work environment. He was fired a couple times from various jobs because he was so, I guess, abrasive. Interesting. Um, and then the economy dipped. When are we? 1930s? No, we're in the 50s. 60s? 60s. Uh, somewhere between like 66, 71. Got it. I didn't look too deeply into the U.S. economy yeah, in those times. Lame. Um, Helen, also service, uh, Helen also suffered a nervous break and had to be treated at Columbia for, I don't know. Presbyterian? Yeah. Hashtag, hey, sis. Um, but all the while, John kept the facade up. He did his best to like strong face not let anybody know that anything's wrong with his family or anything like that like a true american businessman in the 60s plus 70s <laughs> pop up hill and hide your problems um in 1968 he took out a loan to keep up on his bills and then took out two mortgages on his own house to oh. keep up bill on bills and oh. stuff don't buy a 18 room mansion yeah maybe and then um Heading into the fall of 1971, things started to take a further slide downhill for him. And people could be driving by the house. You could start to notice that, like, the plaster and the facade on the house is, like, cracking. And Aww. you can... Their uh, their car was never really got fixed. It was beat up, and it just didn't look great. But he, all the while, was like, everything is great. Life is awesome. Sad. Um, and the problem of living paycheck to paycheck was always oh, there. Don't I know it? And there were also reports that Helen had never left the house after getting out of Columbia. She oh. suffered a nervous break, was treated for that, and just never left the house ever, ever again. Wow, Alex. And then John lost his job. Oh my God, Alex. This is so sad. So November 5th, 1971, uh, while at dinner with his family, John asked his family, you know, what would you want done with your bodies if you were to die? <gasps> At dinner? Yeah. You just trying to make like light conversation. Yeah, light while conversation. Eat, while eating cool. pot roast. Yep, 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 yep. That's what I do when I eat pot roast, which is never, so I've never asked that question. Yeah. And you know. You can gather. They were like, what the fuck? What's wrong with this pot roast? Yeah, this pot roast is un unseasoned. And then, you know, as things would, four days later. They're all dead. John leaves a note on. John leaves a note for the milkman to cancel all future future deliveries. So this is now November 9th, nineteen seventy one. Um, he writes that note. I guess puts it out on the front stoop. I guess I don't know where the milkman gets his notes. I mean, yeah, they put it on by your door. He then went walked into the kitchen and shot his wife in the jaw with a nine millimeter pistol. He had gotten as a souvenir first time in World War II. And then without a second thought, he went up to his no. mother's third floor room. Alma. Where he shot her through the left eye. His own mom or is it his mother-in-law? His own mom. Okay. Um, he then put his mother's body onto a carpet runner and then put her body in the closet. He went back downstairs and tried to clean up the best he could. What the about the kids? Kids are school okay um did his best to clean up uh the mess that he had made when killing helen and then he put helen's body in a sleeping bag and moved her body into the ballroom the bar yep the ballroom this is the problem oh, okay continue oh it, it'll get a little a slightly worse okay in terms of rooms uh-huh um John's original plan was to wait for his daughter Patricia to come home from school where he would was going to kill her. But Patricia called saying she was going like she felt sick and she would be coming home early. 
So when she entered the house, John shot her in the back of the head and put her body in a sleeping bag in the ballroom. He then this is so sad. waited around the house for a little bit before going out to do some light banking and mail some envelopes. He picked up his 13-year-old son, Frederick, from an after-school job, and then almost as soon as Frederick... Job? 13? Whatever. Yeah, it's, this is a different time. Yeah. Good day. 70s. I mean, we get working papers at like 14. 14. Yeah, so... Yeah. Almost as soon as Frederick entered the house, he was shot and killed also. His body, his body was put aside the rest of his family... Um, it's here that things kind of deviate from John's internal plan. John Jr. came home early from soccer practice and like obviously things didn't look right. I don't know if he saw the bodies, but some sort of struggle ensued in which John Jr. was shot 10 times. <gasps> He's like clearly fought his dad or something happened there. Oh, no. His this, body. Jesus Christ, his family is just breaking down. His body was then placed next to his brother, sister and mother before um, John Sr. straightened them out and then put a cloth over their faces and then he said a, said a prayer for them. And then shot himself? Uh, no. What? No. John didn't move Alma from the upstairs, her upstairs bedroom, allegedly, because she was just too heavy. Oh. He's like, I'm, she's going in the closet. I can't, I can't do okay. this. Okay. After that, after killing his family, he mailed a letter to his pastor where he detailed his crimes. It was like a full confession letter. And in that, he said that his reasons were, one, he wasn't earning enough to support the family. Number two, he didn't want to put them through being on welfare. Uh, number three, he was concerned for Patricia's, like, she wanted to get into acting and she was he was concerned how that would affect her being Christian. Mm-hmm. And then four, El- Helen was also wasn't attending church really anymore and he was concerned how that would impact the kids going forward like they wouldn't be churchgoers so he's like i i gotta stop this now jesus christ um and he so he says he shot them because they would certainly make it into heaven because they weren't they didn't like have a chance to sin in as like how they were they didn't get a chance to get corrupted etc etc yeah but he's not yeah, and then he also, in the note, he listed that his family wanted to be cremated. Oh. So, after he asked them over pot roast. Yeah, never have a pot roast with your family. And that um, he wanted to keep costs for the funerals as low as possible because he's got no money. Gosh. And then, as a PS, he said, mother is in the hallway, attic, on the third floor. She was too heavy to move. This guy just broke. Yep. But, like, okay, there's a lot. <laughs> Don't at me, bro. Uh, there's a lot of murderers that I think are scum and horrible and do things because they're awful. And this guy is just. He, In his mind, he's doing the it, best. He does the worst thing for in terms of murder, not the worst reasons. Yeah, because, like, on the his first reason, saying he wasn't earning enough to support the family, he's like, I realize we could have gone on welfare, but I didn't want to put them through, like, being no. on welfare. Yeah, and it's awful, and he shouldn't do these things, and obviously this is the wrong way to go about it, but it's so sad because he just feels like he's not enough, and then that's why it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me is like toxic masculinity. Oh, it's like yeah, it's it's the worst. He just feels like he can't do what is needed, and he, he goes about it in the wrong way. But like this guy's heart is in the right place. It's awful. Like I don't think this is the right way to do it. But it's like it's the saddest thing. And not, I mean, I don't know the whole situation because I couldn't find out a lot. Um. It's possible that Helen, for whatever reason, couldn't make money. She couldn't. Maybe, well, she was. She. I mean, she had some kind of yeah break, but and, and like and and then also like you think about pick up this family and put them in it in today. No, it's not necessarily going to be like certain that they'll get the help they need, but like the mom could have 
gone through therapy and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's like the 70s. Well, even last year, everything's getting better in terms of mental health. I believe that we're kind of going in the right direction. Mm. It's just like wrong place, wrong time. It's also, I mean, also for the most point, for the most part, rather, this probably wouldn't have happened if the economy just didn't like take a little crash. I didn't know it did. Yeah, I mean, I learned about the Great Depression, and then I watched the housing crisis. Also, fun fact: there's some speculation it might happen again in the next couple of years. Let's buy a house. But <laughs> I mean, like, if that didn't happen, they might have still been okay. Like he wouldn't have maybe wouldn't have lost his job. He would have been stay stay on top of bills. Yeah, we don't know. But he then called the kids school saying they're going on a week long or multiple weeks long trip to uh north carolina he ate dinner and then slept in the billiards room <laughs> billiards is this, room is this ballroom clue or uh the next day he turned on the lights played some music through the house intercom and then left uh the house not before removing like himself from all the family photos he just cut himself out of all the photos This is so sad. Patricia had apparently told her drama teacher that she was like her father was starting to seem a little off. Yeah. He was not seeming right. right. And if there was any mention that her family was going on a trip, that means that's it. Her family is dead. I'm dead. My dad killed us all. Wait, this is something that sounds familiar to me. However, when the family or when the teacher drove by the house, he saw the lights on and was like, "They're not dead. No, the lights I are think on." I know this story now. We'll find out. The body stayed in the house for about a month without anyone knowing. Um, by December 7th, lights started to, I guess, burn out from just being on yeah. for like a month straight. And neighbors called the police saying like they're seeing flickering lights and this is weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, when police entered the house, I saw one article saying they had to like step over like a bunch of dirty laundry and they ended up determining that was actually bodies. They just like, why are there a bunch of dirty clothes in the like foyer or whatever um but they found the bodies and then they found no john so as always husband probably did this i mean the crime was quickly picked up by media outlets outlets and became the second most infamous true crime case in new jersey second only to the kidnapping of the lindenberg baby i don't really know much about that there's a lindenberg plane there's a piece of it at my grandparents house yeah, Charles Lindenberg, he did that. Well, there's cross a Atlantic flight, right? And then his, I don't, I don't know the full story either. His son got kidnapped and ransomed. Oh, but, it's the same Lindenberg. Yeah, as in the plane piece mm-hmm. in my grandparents' house. Yeah. Oh. And then the son ended up being dead. Did you know that pen? Fifteen. <laughs> the pen used to uh, sign the um, Manhattan Project nuclear plans. Mm-hmm. Is also in my grandparents' house that FDR used. Parents are just kleptos, aren't they? No, my great grandfather was one of the people that signed it. Was kleptos? Okay, sure. Nope, FDR gave it to him. But anyway, um, John's face and story was ultimately eventually. Did someone eat a plane? Eat a plane? Yeah. I don't know. There's a guy who, like, little by little, ate a whole plane. Probably. No, there is. Death. Probably. Definitely. Anyway, John, Jacob. John's face and story was pretty much plastered everywhere and leads started to come in about like, maybe this or I thought I saw this, but ultimately led nowhere. And it seemed like at least to police that John had just like disappeared into thin air. The FBI found John's car parked at JFK, but nothing. He was just into thin air. And for 18 years, they had nothing but 18 years later the pretty much new jersey was like fed up it's like we need to solve this this is like a blemish on our record so they hired a quadruple murder or whatever yeah they hired a forensic artist to construct a like a bust or a depiction of what john might look like now right not a bust they didn't sculpt it well they did what yeah they They sculpted it they sculpted it into a sculpt Mm-hmm. Do you know what that is? From 
Well, Cranium calls it yeah. Sculptorades, but we uh, misread it once. Oh, because, and yeah. It it, Sculptadores. It kind of looks like that. When the mood hits your eye, Sculptadores is how we sing it. And nobody has clay that works. So no, you ever. don't do no. Sculptadores. Because nobody keeps up on yeah, Play Doh fresh. Wait, who keeps Play Doh fresh? Nobody opens up Cranium and mists their Play-Doh <laughs> once a month. Is that what you're supposed to do I to play Sculptadores? Maybe. Because it's just a big piece or, of rock. Or just buy a new I think ours is like stuck perpetually as a toothbrush, which is definitely one of the ones you're supposed to Sculptadore. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Um, so they hired this... To sculpt a bust. Bustologist. Busty. The busty man. The bustiest man. And in an effort to get like the story even more wider coverage because it's kind of faded into more wider coverage, mm-hmm. more wider coverage, not wider, more wider, more wider. The bust alongside the story was featured on America's Most Wanted on May 21st, 1989. Do you want this bust featuring John Walsh? And not John Tesh, not John Tesh, more famous John. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to stop. Why? No, I won't. So um, among the millions of people that saw this, a woman's like, that kind of looks like my neighbor. <gasps> it's like really close to my neighbor. Um, Robert Clark was her neighbor. Mm-mm. No, it's not. Shockingly, he was an accountant <gasps> and he went to church. Oh, my God. Those two things mean murder. Yeah. Accountant plus church equals murder. I've seen The Accountant featuring Ben Affleck. Yeah. And John Bernathal. And what's her name? I don't know. Oh, Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Um, Authorities went to Bob Clark's house and talked to his wife, and they found out that Bob had changed his name back about 18 years ago when he moved to Colorado. (gasps) Um, Nine days later, like nine days after the episode aired... As I wrote in my notes, job, Bob slash John, Job, or Job, whatever, was arrested. Uh, during his trial, the defense argued that List, uh, John List was suffering from PTSD due to his time in World War II in Korea. But the prosecution's like, that's really not a reason to kill your entire family, and said instead he was probably going through a midlife crisis. Ah, uh, uh, okay. I'm not a. a- a psychologist or a judge so i won't say but i think it could be both i don't know that ptsd leads you to like kill your entire family then turn on like music and lights in your house and then ptsd is a whole suite of strange things having had ptsd myself you don't know what's real you don't yeah but do you do things to cover up what you did well mine is different so i can't say but when i had my ptsd episodes it it was big it was not a big deal don't worry it was just because of what happened after my multiple surgeries and hemorrhaging and almost dying i would spit spit out of my mouth and I'm sure if you were standing there, it would be clear. I was convinced it was blood. Mm-hmm. You don't know it's real. It's wild. Yeah, I just think from the judicial side of it, a midlife crisis argument makes more sense because you're like, I, I think, need to fix this. Yeah. I like my life is shit. I'm not gonna take the side of a murderer, but also, I, I don't know. Um, ultimately, John was found guilty, and he got five life terms. John said he hadn't killed himself after killing his entire family because he wanted to get into heaven where he would be reunited with his family and everything and there wouldn't be any pain there. I like heaven because you can just be like, I'm sorry, and then you get in. Or I I accept Jesus. Yeah, and, you're and then in. you're like, oh, okay, JK, you killed four people and BG. In 2008, John died from complications from pneumonia at the age of 82. Um, the house that everyone was murdered in burned down a few months after the murders and a new house was built on the property. Apparently local kids are like, don't want to walk by the house. They don't want to live on the same street. You don't throw a ball into that yard. 
I don't know if anybody owns it now. Uh, List was a suspect for the D.B. Cooper case. Hmm? As some theorized that he just needed some money for his escape from New Jersey life. And that and that's also because the hijacking happened about two weeks into his disappearance. So they're like, he has the same kind of like glasses or whatever, or same kind of generic face. I think there should be just a generic GoFundMe escaping from my New Jersey life. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is from New Jersey can apply. Funds get given to you. You can get out of New Jersey. You're going to become, I don't know. Don't, you just become like a creator on that page if you're from New Jersey. Well, you can just like apply to it or maybe not a GoFundMe, a different site. Some kind like of like scholarship. Escape from New Jersey. And you like apply and people are like, okay, this person is in New Jersey and their life sucks because they're in New Jersey. And then a lot of people are like, I got to get out of New Jersey mm-hmm. and they get the money that they need to get out of that hellhole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, New Jersey, we love you. The I've never actually really been. Sorry. Bust of John List that was made and then featured on America's Most Wanted was ultimately donated to the National Museum of Crime and Punishment due to its almost pretty much lifelikenessness. That's cool. There was like two wrinkles that were out of place. Where's that? Um, I assume DC. It's the National Museum? Of Crime and Punishment. Mm. But that is the story of John List, the family annihilator, and the lights are out. <laughs> I did a golf clap as soon as they went out. We've got a problem with our John circuitry. was upset. Maybe we have a um, poltergeist. What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking a gluten-free beer. What happened to your wine? I actually ran out recently. That's no good. No. Running out of wine is kind of the worst thing. Do you know how we can fix that? No. If you go to trywink.com slash sidetails, you can get four bottles and complimentary shipping. Drillered right to your house. With $22 off? Yeah. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Wink is a service that you can go on line and put in your preferences you can look at reds whites sparklings rosés etc you can pick choose take a profile quiz learn more about what you might like any way you want to do it you can go pick all of the wines you want put them into a box they will be shipped to your house and there can be a 22 dollars off coupon applied to your order if you use our promo code which is sad tales so if you want $22 off your first box of four bottles of wine and complimentary shipping, go to trybunk.com slash sadtales. I guess I know how I'm going to fix my no wine problem. Thank you, Alex. You're welcome. And listeners, check it out. I'm so ready. Your to- computer's not even open. Oh, girl, it is now. I've been unlocked. Girl, it... Mm, I did my password wrong. Awkward. Sometimes I look at my hands and they look like old lady hands and then I go, oh, I guess I'm aging. Oh, I guess I'm a crone. A crone or a maiden or whatever? Not the maiden. That's for sure. No, I'm pretty sure Game of Thrones. Like they You're have... either a crone or a maiden. Or a maiden or a something or a crone. Those are your three stages as a woman. Okay, so um, we're back after... <laughs> many technical issues with my word not working so that's cool anyway, which word uh microsoft are you ready for me to pronounce non-english words probably better than me uh it's italian and i know some spanish italian uh no um and spanish and italian aren't the same but i'll do my best mm, same latin base yeah 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 April 18th, 1894, in Montea Avellino. I'm doing my best. A woman named, well, she wasn't a woman. She was a baby. Her name was Leonardo Cianciulli. You look that up, or are you just going with it? No, <laughs> I'm just really, I'm just rolling with it. And because I don't know how her last name is pronounced, from now on, we're just going to call her Leonardo. Let's see. 
because I'm definitely sure that's how it's pronounced. Um, well, there could be like Leonardo. I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I mean, I did it kind of. Anyway, Leonardo, according to one source, one source, mm-hmm. take that as you will. N equals one. Was the child of a rape. One source. Nowhere else said anything. No. Um, well, of all the sources, which was like nine that I looked at. Well, one of my sources said that Patricia, the daughter of John List, was also the wife. Ew. Aged aged 40 years. Well, it was just like Patricia, 16, and then Patricia, oh, no. the wife, 56. No, no. Um, so one source says she was the child of a rape. And that her mother was then forced to marry the man because they were about to have a child. Um, Leonardo, according to the same source, was abused by her mother after her father had passed away at a young age. At her, like, she was young when he passed away. Um, Unexpectedly. Yeah. Health complications. No. Medicinal powders. Uh, Health complications. She suffered from epilepsy and night tremors and terrors or nightmares, etc. Whatever word you want to use. As a youth, I sound old. Those youths. To go with my old crone hands. As a youth, she attempted suicide twice, but was unsuccessful both times. And in 1917, she married a man named... Raffaele. R- Raphael. Did he have a brother named Donatello? There's an E at the end. Raphael Pansardi. But her parents didn't like this man. They didn't think she was a good match for him. And they didn't think that he was good enough for the- her. And so they hoped that she would marry someone else that they knew. I guess, you know. Arrange marriages and all that. Uh, some parents are... How dare you marry somebody that I didn't specifically pick out right. for your marriage? So they wanted her to marry someone else, but she married Raphael. And according to Leonardo, at this time when they got married, her mom cursed the two of them and their marriage and their future. With the evil eyes? I don't know what they she used but she used the evil eye and you gotta use you gotta use the bullhorns back if you want to ward it off what yeah what on earth are you yeah. talking about it's kind of like stink eye but it's evil eye okay sure if you know a lot about italian curses mm-hmm. then i take your word i know about evil eye that's all i know is that italian yeah pretty sure oh okay anyway in 1921 the couple moved to loria potenza a city in a place i don't know when that like okay so we would be like ithaca new york ithaca comma new york but they're like loria comma potenza and you're like okay well the country there's no sit there's no states in italy well i mean there's not they don't call them states but there are so you would be like loria comma potenza comma italy and that would make sense Because when I was in Italy, it was like Turin or Torino, uh, Piedmonte. Oh, and then Italy. Italy. Interesting. Okay, cool. Interesting. Good to know. Um, In 1927, so six years after they moved there, Leonardo was arrested for fraud. I didn't find out what kind of fraud. Just fraud. I recently found out that marriage fraud is a thing. What's that mean? In the context of, and that's why we drink, this guy would say, like, I'm going to marry your daughter. He would collect the dowry and then peace out. You want my boat that, like, sank halfway through a lake? Mm. That's apparently my dowry. So you're welcome. Grandpa, I appreciate you making me a boat, though. Um, In 1930, she was already released from jail. Whatever. Fraud is a minimal crime. 1930, their house was destroyed in an earthquake, and they moved to Correggio, Reggio Emilia. Correggio, Reggio? Correggio, comma, Reggio Emilia. When they moved there, uh, Leonardo opened up a shop of some sort. 
listen, this is old. Listen. There's not a lot. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention. This story was chosen by my wonderful friend, Casey. Anyway. Also, you never said my story from sound familiar? You said, like, this sounds familiar. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. You So you were aware of it? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, she because opened up a shop. You know this. It's on my list, actually. Well, delete it. She opened up a shop. Right above Michelle Lupo. Am I going to get through this? No, never. Okay, she opened up a shop. So you know what's going to happen. I'm just aware of it. Okay, she opened She was on my list. She opened up a shop. How many times you guys say that? Uh, she opened up a shop. She became pretty popular in the area. Got lots of friends. Became kind of a socialite, etc. Made those mad euros, yo. She also had 17... Children. Pregnancies. Basically. Of different types. Three of them were lost to miscarriage. Ten of them died when they were little. And then the rest survived, a.k.a. four. How old do you have to be to be considered miscarriage? Before you're born. Yeah, but it's like... Before you're born. A two-month-old a miscarriage? Before you're born. Before you're born. Before you're born. Also, vomit, 17 pregnancies? Gross. Stop. No. Well, I mean, like... Ten came to fruition and then died after the fact. Women typically don't know. Ten childbirths. Ten childbirths. Month two. Ten childbirths. Yes. I don't know. Why are you asking me? I mean, like you miss. If you, in theory, get it just after the first First period. First response says they can detect a pregnancy before the second missed period. Before the second missed period. Yeah. So a month. Okay, so like, Ten pregnancies that came to fruition. If you are pregnant the first month and then you lose it, do you even know you yes. were pregnant? Well, no. You don't know it was miscarriage. Yeah, and who knows about 1930? Uh, they didn't have first response. They had like They'd, ninth response. It was like rabbit urine or something. They were basically like, I'm pregnant as they gave birth. They're like, I guess there's a baby. Yeah, it's like that MTV show or whatever that is. I didn't know I was pregnant. VH1. Oh, my God. This one girl had a baby in a toilet. Anyway. I shouldn't have coffee this late. <sighs> they said caffeine doesn't affect you. Maybe this late. Uh, da, 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 da. She was really protective of the last four children because, you know, 13 of them had died at that point. Yeah, they lived. Yeah. She also saw a fortune teller at one point during her... 17 pregnancies don't use slurs and uh the fortune teller said that she would marry have lots of kids but most slash all of them would die when they were young so she was like oh shit also a palm reader told her in your right hand i see prison and your left a criminal asylum well, one already happened. Yeah, true. So she was like, all my kids are going to die. And for some reason, there's an asylum. What is the difference between? Do I look like a palm reader to you? You were researching the story. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know palm reading. That's a very, very complex. Niche. No, it's just a complex thing to learn. It's not straightforward. I can't just be like, you can't just look at a. People are going to think I'm whack. Anyway, 1939, Leonardo got news that her oldest slash favorite child, Giuseppe, that's a nice Italian name, was planning to go into the army to fight World War II. So fight the Americans. Yeah, I guess. Is that how it worked? Italy was that was Stalin or whatever? What? Lenin? No. Which one's Italian? Mussolini. Whatever. <laughs> you want to know the country of the first two names you listed? Russia? Yeah. Both of them? Lenin and then Stalin. <laughs> Lenin, Lenin was the whole like... Does everyone think I'm stupid? Kill the kill Anna Karina. Not Anna Karina. Karenina. What's her name? Anastasia. Kill Anastasia. Kill her entire family. Oh. And then Stalin's like, you know... 
Good job, comrade. Romanovs. Yeah. Anyway, she didn't want her son to go to the war. She didn't want him to get hurt, etc. So she decided she needed to do something about it in the form of... I need to stop the war. No. What do you do to protect someone, do you think? Kneecap him. Human sacrifice. That was probably way too loud. I'm so sorry. <laughs> mm, just not that bad. Human sacrifice. Um, Faustina Seti was a spinster who wanted a man in her life and talked to the socialite of the town, Leonardo, to help her find someone. Leonardo said she knew someone in a town named Pola, which is modern in modern-day Croatia, and that she could go there and marry him, but she had to keep it a secret. She also said that she should write letters and postcards to her friends and family to tell them that she was going to Pola and that she was excited to start a life with a new man. The night before she was due to leave to meet her betrothed or whatnot, she went to Leonardo's house to celebrate, and at which point Leonardo gave her a glass of wine, which was drugged. When she passed out... Circling anthrax. I don't know. When she passed out, Leonardo killed her with an axe and dragged her into a closet. Which end? Hmm? What side? The sharp end, not the blunt end. Not the handle, not any end except the sharp end. In the closet, Leonardo cut her into nine pieces and then collected her blood in a little vat. During a future interview, she said... I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos. Here's a recipe for our listeners. A quick lie. Added seven kilos of caustic soda, Mm -hmm. which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mix it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, and eggs. Blood meal. As well as a bit of margarine, kneading all of the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I also ate them. Blood meal. What? Blood meal. What's that? A recipe? It sounds like what you just made with blood meal. I guess. Also, apparently, for this whole process, Leonardo was also paid... Slash stole 30,000 lire, which is a currency, for her services. Lire or lira? Lire. L-I-R-E? I don't remember which Lyre one. Lyre or lira? I think the Greek also had the lira. Hell if I know. Francesca Soavi. Which is what my grandma calls me. Francesca. Suave. Not, not Suave. Francesca, Francesca Suave. Francesca came to Leonardo looking for a job. And Leonardo said she had a job for her at a school for girls in Piacenza. That name does her favor. Really? Yeah. In terms of your trip to Italy? No, just in terms of Italy. Oh, I don't know anything about Italy. Leonardo suggested that she also write postcards to her family about her plans to work at a girl's school. And the night before she was due to go to the girl's school, Francesca came over to Leonardo's house to celebrate. Like you do. She was also given drugged wine and killed with an axe. You the same wine. Uh, uh, I think she ruined two bottles uh, of wine. Um, I don't know. You know you can get good bottles of wine? Wink.com. Slash sad tales. For helping her find a job, Leonardo was paid 3,000 lire, lira, lire, libradore. Italian money. I don't know. 3,000 monies in Italy in 1940. Virginia Cacciopo. Yeah. Was a former soprano who had sung at an opera house in Milan. She was 53 and was living in poverty, having reached her peak as a singer, and was hoping to earn more money from doing another job. She wanted more work 
than what has given to what was given to her in her current placement. So she contacted Leonardo, who had lots of contacts, and Leonardo found her work with an Rolodex was full. It was a full yeah, ass Rolodex. Like, Let me look at my black book. All of a sudden, we're like the Godfather over here, uh, or Tony Soprano, which is the same kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, she's a soprano. Right. Tony's a soprano. Fair, 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 fair. She's basically Tony in disguise. Um, Leonardo found her work with an impresario in Florence. I didn't know what an impresario was, so I Googled it. Princess or something. What? I don't know. Impresario? No. A man who organizes and puts together concerts and shows and etc. Like a major D, but for concerts. Sure. Yeah. An MC. Hammer. Um, 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 uh, MC Sario. Um, 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 uh, Leonardo told her, Virginia, now don't tell anyone where you're going. Write some postcards, etc., etc. Don't tell anyone where you're going, but also tell them where you're going in postcards. Yeah. So on September 30th, 1940, she went to Leonardo's house to celebrate, was drugged with wine. Another bottle of wine And wasted. killed the next. Wow. Like, girl, get a new trick. It's also, like, very, like, New Orleans axe man. Mm. At this point, like, everyone has an axe. So, mm. like, if police ever come around, it's mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have an axe. Okay, fine. But, like. I mean, I got I got an axe back in my house. Um, then something different happened. First, the norm. She didn't she, make soap. She made tea cakes. Oh, she did make tea cakes. Oh, you gave it away. She hasn't made soap up to this point. She said she bought caustic soda to make soap. But she hadn't. But she hadn't yet, but she said she bought it to make soap. Oh. Must belong a fight club. You gotta, you gotta get that human fat to make soap. Yeah, but we haven't made soap, <laughs> and you just spoiled it. Like she spoiled human Quote, soap. She ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was wet. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. Mm. Jerk! Why don't you pick another time to spoil my story? You said she bought caustic soda. Uh, that was her quote, but she hadn't. A sopa. Mm-hmm. I gave Bards to Nate. No, but she used the caustic thing to disintegrate her and put her into the septic but tank. But she said when she bought yeah, it. She, she bought had... it to make soap, but she used it to, to kill disintegrate people. her. Anyway, I gave Bards to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. She received 50000 Lira and Jules for finding her a gig with this impresario. Virginia's sister-in-law became suspicious when she didn't hear from her because she knew that, you know, she was someone who kept up with her family at all times and also knew that she had gone to see Leonardo to find her a new job. Typical Belle Gunness and... Classic. Whatever that guy's name was. Whatever it was. So she contacted the police and talked to the superintendent, Reggio Emilia. That's where they live. Yeah, I'm just realizing that now. The superintendent of Reggio Emilia. Yeah. Uh, about starting an investigation into Leonardo. They arrested her for the three murders, and she said she did not commit any of the crimes and was adamant about this. On suspicion of three murders. They didn't have any proof. Right. Well. Except for this yeah. sweet-ass soap. Or tea cakes. And then they said, Giuseppe is in trouble. He's hurt. He's involved with these crimes. We think he's a suspect. And she's like, The Americans are going to kill him. It wasn't Giuseppe. It was me. She's going to protect Giuseppe at all costs. Also, like, they didn't name any of the other three children. Giuseppe is the only one for her. Giuseppe is the only one foolish enough to fight the americans i guess so they said they were gonna take in giuseppe for the crimes and she was like no that's not the case so she confesses and in 1946 she was tried for her murders 
and was pretty adamant about not feeling bad about it. On the stand, she said, quote, I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim off the fat off of the kettles, to my country, which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of the war. So she thinks she's doing a great thing. I mean, they melted down, made bullets. Right. She was found guilty and sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in asylum. Hashtag palm reader. On October 15, 1970, she died from a cerebral hemorrhage in the asylum at age 79. And the body went to her family to be put in the ground or whatever. Objects, including the pot she used to boil her victims and the axes she used to kill her victims, are found in the Criminological Museum in Rome. She's known as the soap maker of Correggio, and there's been a bunch of movies and plays made off of the plot. So I didn't melt it down. What? Yeah, no. She thought she was. Yeah, me, me, me. Well, no. The pot and the axes. She gave the ladle to be melted oh, down. Oh, the ladle. Oh. And that is the soap maker of Correggio. Thanks for spoiling it. Oh, golf claps. Well, it didn't turn out this time because she's not here. John List is here, mm-hmm. apparently. So. <laughs> it's got to be a good one because, you know, we're... It is a good one. Dipping out. It's a good one. I need food. Needs food badly. Okay. Yesterday. Yesterday. All my troubles seem so far away. I left my work. And went outside. And the sun burned my eyes. <laughs> my building area is fine. But it is around where a bunch of like drunk homeless people used to be. Sometimes still are. Sometimes still are. Including yesterday. So I open the door and I walk outside and I hear like this like shh. I'm like, what the heck? And I look to my left, and there's this man just, like, rolling by on a grocery cart. So I'm, like, walking to my car, and he's coming up on his grocery cart. He's, like... And he's just staring at me. Child? No, no, full man. No, but I mean, like, no, he's, no. he's on yeah, yeah, the yeah, back yeah, yeah, legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's just staring at me, and, like, staring at me as I uh, he goes by. Then I put my, like, bags and stuff in the car, and I close the door. And he comes back. I was like, oh, God. And he goes up to me and he goes, did you know there's another building coming here? I was like, what? And he's like, is there a building coming up here? And I was like, um, no, I don't think so. And they're like, he was like, I saw them drilling the other day. And I was like, um, okay. He's like, The government is drilling and they're putting buildings here. Don't be surprised if tomorrow when you come here, a building has popped up Mm -hmm. because I think the government is putting one here overnight. And I was like, oh. Oh, Jack. Uh, Okay. What? Jack. Jack Beanstalk. Is that his name? Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah, it's his name, Jack, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, they're drilling here. Don't be surprised if tomorrow you come in and a new building is here. The government is putting one here. Drive up and you're just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And like, listen, I understand he's going through some tough times. And it happens. But I was just like, "Uh uh-huh. And also... (sighs) Oof. Oof. I'm not making fun of people who are going through tough times or homeless or on anything. But also, I love the kind of person who wears, like, a colander on their head. And is like, the government is reading my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And, like, this guy to me was like, the government is putting a building here. It will pop up overnight. And that was really something. Which he meant probably the government... As the U.S. government, not yeah. the government of Ithaca. Right. There wasn't a building today. 
Sorry to say. I don't know if he was happy or disappointed. It's hard to say. Probably happy. I've never seen him before and I don't know. The other day we had a homeless man sleeping in the uh, in the alleyway, kind of by our side door into the brewery. We just left him there. I mean, yeah, fair. Just whatever. My boss tried to, like, tried to say something when he first drove up. But he's, like, he's like, hey. Guy didn't say anything. He's like, all right. Yeah, this know. guy was like, the government's going to put a building there overnight. Just no. Anyway. Thank you for being patient with us when we take a break. It's good for our mental health. It's good for the podcast health. It's good for environmental health. I don't know. Lights aren't running. Yeah, for sure. We don't run the lights in this room ever. Um, we'll keep you updated on social as to when we're coming back. It will be a month at the very most. We'll see. Until then, if you want to keep hearing us, like we said, we're not going to give up our patron page because we love our patrons. So join us over there. Patreon.com slash podcast. There we have, I don't know. Like eight episodes? Eight episodes or so. Another one's coming out next week. Yeah, lots of spooky, scary, ghosty stuff. Um, You can yeah, find us there. You can find us on other Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Sad Tales Podcast also. Yeah, and if you have any encouragement words for us apartment shopping or living or whatever... Send us a message, sadtalespodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you guys. And leave us a review over on iTunes and in the interim. we will be back with you when we're back with you. And until then, keep being groovy and tell a friend. Oh. Or anyone you know. Okay, bye. Love you.